0: Welcome back to another episode of the Christian Nerd of Godcast. My name is Scott Higa. I am the Christian Nerd. And along with me, as always, for this wonderful adventure in cross-pollinization podcasting is the one and only Tony T. What's up, Tony?
1: Cross-pollinization podcasting. It sounds very birds and the bees. I don't know if I'm ready to commit to that yet.
0: Well, but, uh, we we are going to talk a little bit about fatherhood in this episode, and so you, your son is a junior in high school, so I'm He's assuming you've had more birds and bees conversations than I have at this point.
1: That's true. Every now and again, he will sit me down and tell me things <laughs> that I've never heard about before. He
0: finishes talking to you, then you go to Urban Dictionary and look everything up.
1: What does that mean? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh,
0: oh, no. Oh, no, Christian. We need to talk. No. Yeah. So I will... This, Eventually, my child is going to listen to everything I've said about her on a podcast, and she's going to come and stab me in my sleep. So this mm-hmm. is going to be one of those stories. So we just had, as I shared on my last episode a while ago. Sorry, I haven't had a lot of episodes lately. Faithful. He just had a
1: baby. People, cut me some. Get slack. off his back. Come on.
0: Anyway, so we had a son, and I have a three-year-old daughter, and she will walk in on me going to the bathroom or getting oh. out of the shower. It's just oh my, what she does. And so she saw Josiah, and she saw him without a diaper on, and she saw his, you know, stuff. His equipment. His equipment. She's like, look at that silly butt. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, Daddy, he has a silly butt like you do.
1: (laughs) Like you do. That's right. That's right.
0: Uh, and So I just go around calling people silly butts, and they have no idea what I'm telling them. It's great.
1: Uh, That's awesome.
0: Uh, how are you, Tony? I feel like it's
1: been a while. Cause it has been, been. It has been a long time, man. Yeah, it's uh it's been July twenty really,
0: second really was the last time we did one of these. So By golly, that's almost a full that's month almost ago. Almost a month. That is way too Can long for it? us to go by without talking to each other on the internet. I mean on we talk internet. to each other via textual communication every day.
1: But yeah, we are textually active.
0: <laughs> very much so.
1: But to get here and to share our conversations with the literally dozens of people who want to listen in dozens dozens of fans at home and dozens so how you doing uh, yeah doing great man it's good to see you it's been a crazy summer you know ministry you know every time you get through the summer seasons there's always just a ton of things going on uh camps and VBSs and people are in and out of town and you know covering things up now me i just had a change in my role at yeah. the church uh, exiting youth ministry and moving to the level of associate pastor, so I'm kind of feeling out uh, a new opportunity of ministry there. So lots of uh, lots of hands on, lots of extra time spent, long nights in the office, just kind of feeling it all out. But Are you, you know, settling in. Well, you know, settling in or being settled upon uh, depends <laughs> on when you catch me. But yeah, really good stuff, man. And you know, just we've had a lot of uh, little things that pop up, not always bad things. But summertime, uh, visitors, people coming into town. We had one of our listeners, Shanine uh, Thompson, the hoot from the Hoot and Howl. Hoot and Howl. Came, Check out her blog. Hoot, she's, she's fantastic. She is a breath of fresh air. Uh, she and her husband came down to visit uh, Orlando, Florida, where I operate out of. And they stopped by our church. So we got to spend some time with them, take them out to lunch. And, and man, they are a delight. And, uh, so, yeah, so, and, and she, posted, like she posted
0: on Facebook, she said, basically suck it, Scott Higa, I'm hanging out these folk, and I just assumed that Canadians would be much nicer than that.
1: Yes, you silly butt. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's, uh, she was great, but you know, little things that come up, we, we got to um, visit the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge before oh, it opens here right, in Orlando. Oh, Jackie. Yeah, we'll talk about that on our upcoming episode of the Nerd of Godcast. I felt
0: very so, honored because you FaceTimed me with Jackie from Galaxy's Edge.
1: You and you alone. Like Ugh. we didn't do that for everybody. We did it specifically to rub it in your face.
0: <laughs> oh I thought I just thought it was because you wanted no. me to share in the experience not to rub we did. So you can rub it in my face because the we had a friend who worked at Disneyland who got us in. All the times we've gone to Disneyland since Claire has been born was because she signed us in for free, and she's no nice. longer working at the house mouse, mouse of house. Come on. So, I know. onto greener pastures with better schedules.
1: So, now... <laughs> well, there's lots. You have to make new friends.
0: Yeah. now So, now it really is figuring out, is it cheaper to fly Jackie out here to California so she can sign my family into Disneyland Or just pay to go to Disneyland. I think it's pretty close right now, depending on the the price of the ticket you can get.
1: It really is. It's crazy how expensive it is, but uh, we met some people today. We stopped by Epcot for a few hours this morning and met a a family from Vancouver, and they were telling us that they have been to both Galaxy's Edges. They came here and got to do a cast preview, but they'd also been to the one at Disneyland. Um, I asked them to briefly share the differences. They said it's a little larger. It feels a little larger and like a uh, more expansive at Disneyland. Huh. Here it's a little more windy, but um, they said both very good, very amazing experiences. Uh, I was thrilled to death to be a part of it. Oh,
0: so, I know. I was, I was yeah. envious. It looked awesome. It was awesome. Dang it. Someday.
1: Someday. it's gonna happen so the whole, we went on I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about this on our show when jackie's here i don't want to steal the the thunder she got me in so i don't want to have the whole conversation without her but uh yeah riding that smugglers run ride on the millennium falcon was a dream come true i didn't even know that should have been on my list of things to do before jesus came back but by golly it there it was and um we got to ride on it with no weight just walked right onto the ride that will never happen again once that park's open You're looking at a five-hour wait on the first day for sure.
0: It's actually, everyone said it's been pretty, it hasn't been as crowded as everyone thought it would be. So I think they did so much. Well, they blacked out a bunch of passes, and Mm -hmm. so a lot of people can't go. And they freaked people out talking about how crowded it's going to be. So everything I've heard is that Disneyland hasn't been that crowded this summer. And it's actually been pretty nice night. I have a little Disneyland app that tells me how long the waits are. And it's lots of fun to see. So let me pull it up and see. We're recording this on a Saturday afternoon. You may be listening to this on a Monday morning.
1: Well, let's, and let's do this. Uh, let's, let's compare. I'll pull up my Disney World app, and uh, we'll find a ride that has symmetry between the two parks, and we'll compare Right now, Smuggler's times. Run is
0: 75 minutes, which isn't that okay. bad.
1: Well, we don't have a Smuggler's Run on our app just yet.
0: Uh, Matterhorn. You don't have a Matterhorn either.
1: No, we don't have a Matterhorn. Come on, man.
0: Uh, Thunder Mountain Railroad?
1: We do have Thunder Mountain Railroad. All right. Do you have Splash Mountain? We do have Splash Mountain. I got to filter it out because we have more than just two parks. So there's a long list of things to look at here.
0: Do you have? People are loving this. This is great podcasting.
1: Yeah, this is fantastic. Hang tight, everybody. Look at this map while I pull it up on my phone. (laughs) Look at this map. Do Do you have the jungle cruise? We do have the Jungle Cruise. So, oh. are, do you want to give some of the wait times, or are you just going to li- name a list of rides? All
0: right, Space Mountain. How long's your Space Mountain?
1: Space Mountain right now is ninety-five minutes.
0: Sixty-five minutes.
1: Oh, man. All right. Do you have Peter Pan's flight?
0: I do. I don't know where it is though. Um, should should
1: be in Fantasyland.
0: It it's in Storybook Land.
1: Oh, you oh Storybook Land. We don't have a Storybook Land here. We have Storybooks. It's, it's we have sto- Storybook idea. Circus.
0: Thirty-five gotcha. minutes for Peter Pan's flight.
1: Shut up right now. Uh, we, Peter Pan's flight has the longest, pound for pound, the longest line ever. 70 I know. minutes right and now. and
0: it's a not great ride. I don't know why people like it so much.
1: It's a timeless ride, but it just wasn't designed for the volume of okay, people. Okay, this
0: was not supposed to be a Disney episode, but what's your favorite ride at your park there?
1: It depends on what park you're In at. In the Magic um, Kingdom. The one that we love to go on the most as a family is the Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin because we get competitive with each other. And is that like – because we have
0: Astro Blasters. Is that the it, same basically thing? Basically the same thing, okay. I think,
1: yeah. So you're in a car. You have It's a shooting gallery yeah. slash dark ride, yeah. Uh, that's that's our favorite. But we always like to go on the Pirates of the Caribbean and Haunted Mansion if we can too at Magic Kingdom.
0: Do they have any of the Pixar stuff out there? Because like, we have Pixar Pier at California Adventure.
1: At Hollywood Studios, they have a sort of Pixar area, so you have Toy Story Land, which is all Toy Story, and then kind of behind that, there's a long street, it's a corridor where the Incredibles operate out of, so there's not really an attraction there, there's a photo op, and then they do a couple different interactive things with characters through the day, Uh, but that's kind of all we have for Pixar over here. Okay. We're building a Ratatouille ride at Epcot, and uh, then we... I think that we have monster, the Monsters, Inc. scare the laughter floor at the Magic Kingdom, which is a lot of fun. Uh, but I think as far as Pixar, that might be it? Hmm. Question mark? Question you mark? Guys have, You guys have cars. You guys have lots I'm of Ron Pixar Bergenby? stuff out there.
0: <laughs> we do have lots of stuff. And now I want to go to Disneyland. I need yeah. to figure out how to make a bunch of money podcasting or doing something so I can buy a Disneyland pass for me and my family. Then we'll just go all the time.
1: It'll be great. How, how long is your haunted mansion?
0: Oh, I closed the app. Let me get it open. Haunted Mansion
1: is 35 minutes. 55 minutes. Man, you guys have them quick wait times out there.
0: I know. That's what I'm telling you. It's not, it hasn't been that crowded this summer. People have been scared away. That's crazy. Crazy.
1: And people are standing out here. Seriously, we got people in, in line waiting right now, 70 minutes to go on Peter Pan's flight, which the ride lasts all of a minute and a half. And they're standing out in 100% humidity. Uh, it feels like it's 110 degrees outside. It's, it's insane.
0: It only took us eight minutes to get to the weather. Good job, Tony. I was wondering <laughs> when we would get there. I wasn't going to bring it up. I wasn't going to do it. I knew somebody was going to do it, and it wasn't going to be me.
1: Listen, the the weather has been a very pressing thing for us today. We were supposed to go with a trip. We have a group in our church. It's a it's an into group is what we call them. They're based around interests that people share. So it's interest and interactive into groups. And uh, we have one that's hiking and outdoors, and every august we take the into group to a place called the itchituckney river itchituckney uh, in, it's fun to say right i think uh, i can look that up Florida. on
0: uh, urban dictionary and see what Chris is dictionary? I, about <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, if you say we, we advertise it and, and we get very pentecostal just say it and people think you you got the holy ghost uh so we go and it's, you can't say it's that a,
0: tony if no one's here to interpret <laughs>
1: that's right it's not for now that's not for now um we We go up there, and it's a crystal clear it's basically like a a nice couple mile long lazy river. It's really cool. We bring up inner tubes and but like uh, an actual
0: lazy river,
1: yeah, like you created get in by it nature the, created by Jesus himself, by the finger of God. And uh, it's it's cool. But because of the weather being weird this week, it was uh, thunderstorms. So we have to leave our church at 4.30 in the morning to drive up there because the park closes at a certain time in the morning. So if we're not amongst the first people there, uh, and it's about two hours north of here. So uh, when we saw the weather, we decided to call the trip. We said, nope, it's too much of a chance of thunderstorms. They're not going to let us in there. I don't want to get up at 4.30 to drive two hours there and two hours back. Not worth it. So... We, uh, we called it, to, to the dismay of the people who were eagerly looking forward to tubing today. It looks very nice. Are you looking up the Itchituckney? It is I beautiful, I am looking man. up the Itchituckney River. If you get beyond the theme parks, Florida is loaded with just beautiful, I mean, it's a, a, treasures, places that, that your mind can't even believe should exist. It's just so gorgeous. We don't also, have the mountains. We don't have the canyons.
0: death traps <laughs> in <laughs> well. ways that the state is trying to kill you.
1: I mean, yes, we we will sometimes have the earth open up and just swallow people, <laughs> if you're, like it's the Old Testament. Yeah, but or a plague also, of rabid alligators. Also, we have some nice places too, and beaches, with yeah, okay. beaches. <laughs> beaches, beaches, sand, sand in your crevasse. I'll yeah. get
0: some sand in your crevasse. So, I used to do this on your show. You don't do it very often. But what are you nerding out about right now?
1: Oh, man. Um, let's see. I'm... What am I nerding? You know, having gone to Galaxy's Edge, my uh, Star Wars meter has kind of started, mm. you know, going off again. So I'm trying to, uh, I'm consuming Star Wars. We, we we're together have been reading some of the Star Wars comic books, you and I, the, the Marvel comics. Uh, so Star Wars has really been kind of on my mind and on my heart this week um i'm geeking out about podcasts in general just got back from a a a conference called the podcast movement so uh, i've discovered a lot of new cool podcasts uh checking those things out i I love what we do i love this medium where we can talk to people we we shared a little bit you and i off the air uh just about the cool concept that we can talk and people will listen and it's a great opportunity to connect with folks from across the country and around the world um who gets to do this i mean what a time to be alive Anybody can do it. Actually, that's anybody a crazy can thing. do it. But you know how long the average podcasts la- last? Three like how episodes. Many episodes. It's I think seven episodes is the average.
0: Yeah, I always remember John Acuff had this great thing when he was talking about blogging. He's like, everyone's excited for their first blog post. Nobody's excited for their thousandth. I
1: mean, yeah. that's the thing. You just gotta you just keep going. How many episodes have you done? Because you do you do two a week on average, I right? I think
0: I'm over two.
1: Except well, for when you're having kids. Yeah.
0: All together, pre-Ron or with Ron and after Ron, mm-hmm. BR and AR, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I'm close. I'm over 200 episodes, I think.
1: We are about to hit our episode 100, our proper episode 100. We've had a lot of like little mini episodes and things like that along the way, but... Um, and if that's people want right. to come visit
0: you in sunny Orlando, California, <laughs> wait, Orlando, Florida, they if you want to visit
1: can... us? Come visit us in Orlando, California. Just right, sit I'm there. So we'll confused. be there eventually. We'll come. We'll come they along. They can do
0: that on October eighth.
1: Yeah, so that's right. We're a having our hundredth episode. Episode. episode
0: of the live hundredth episode
1: of the nerdogcast. And I Godcast.
0: come, I come keep, experience. I keep come The full unbridled out
1: self-indulgence of the nerdogcast. A way for Godcast. me to do
0: that, and I just don't know if, if I can swing it.
1: Well, so but what wanna we want all, all of our listeners to do is we want you to chip in and buy Scott a nope. plane ticket to come nope. out here.
0: I would. I I, <laughs> I checked my uh, my sideshow collectibles order for my Captain Marvel figure. Still hasn't been yeah. shipped yet, but it's still there, waiting for me to receive it. Waiting and waiting and waiting. It'll be great. Yeah.
1: So we're pretty excited about that. That's a lot of that's a lot of episodes to cover, man. And you got to think our episodes are about six times longer than yours. So
0: <laughs> that's true. Well, you have six more people, so that, you know... That is,
1: that's true, so it all balances out. It does balance out. The, the circle of life. Did you see The Lion King? No, I, I did not. I, I, did, I didn't. I don't... I, going to the theater to see anything that doesn't start with A Long Time Ago in a Galaxy Far, Far Away or have a Stan Lee cameo is a rare thing for me. Yeah, that uh, is true. So, So, like, going to see The Lion King, eh. I think I'll catch it when it's on the uh, home video.
0: When it's on a little Disney Plus action in a couple months. Absolutely. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think so- I'll miss much there. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. Alicia and I we we watched the second season of Iron Fist. Yeah. And that was not great. And then it wasn't as better than the first season. It was. Then we started watching the second season of Luke Cage and hashtag spoilers misty doesn't have an arm at the beginning of season two of luke cage we watched them out of order we were supposed to watch luke cage first and then did you iron miss fist. the did
1: you not watch the defenders
0: no i watched the defenders so i knew that
1: yeah she lost her arm in yeah. defenders yeah
0: but in iron fist she already has the robot arm
1: oh gotcha yeah 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 yeah
0: so yeah i was super confused we just watched them out of order and so we've been watching luke cage and it is just a much more pleasurable experience than watching iron fist
1: yeah, Iron Fist was definitely the weakest link of the of those four. Again,
0: spoilers, he doesn't even have his powers for most of the second season. Like yeah. what the heck? That's like playing the X-Men arcade game and you have limited mutant abilities. That's my mm-hmm. favorite thing about reading X-Men comics when Scott's Summer's like, oh no, I'm out of optic blast. Like, that never happens.
1: No, never. You got to wait till it recharges. Yeah,
0: I got to recharge my optic blast. It's the worst. So, but we're really enjoying Luke Cage. Bushmaster's a good villain. We're like six or seven episodes in. We generally watch it at night after Claire has gone to bed and when Josiah is still either feeding or waiting to fall asleep. And then we all fall asleep as much as we can. And then he wakes up, and newborn life is terrible
1: newborn life is rough man i mean they they got you all they do is cry and poop and throw up i mean what do you they don't even do cute stuff yet
0: uh he's pretty cute sometimes like when he's yeah when when he's sleeping when he's sleeping he's cute and he's he has been smiling a little bit lately which is nice but yeah there there is lots of poop involved do you really want to get deep down in the poop issue of having a child it's been a while since you had a kid
1: yeah, but my son's my son's. <laughs> That's true. You have different poop. He's six foot too. four, man. He leaves poop on a whole different it's like level Clifford
0: now. Clifford the Big Red Dog lives at your house. That's just I'm just turns everywhere. So they make the okay. So you can skip ahead to the next chapter if you don't want to listen to this. But they make,
1: no no, and now poop stories with Scott Higa.
0: So the have you heard of the nose Frida?
1: The the nose nose Frida. Frida.
0: It's this no, I don't think so. Swedish thing where it's got like a little tube, a little suction thing, and it's to like suck boogers out of your kid's noses.
1: Like it works it like, way better. Those, those bulb things, like no, a little it's not a bulb, bulb thing.
0: It works. They made it because it's better
1: than the bulb thing.
0: Okay. Like you, you, you suck. <sighs> like you oh, suck so on it. Your mouth, your you're, mouth is
1: on the other end of this. Yeah, thing. and there's like a oh, there's like
0: a sponge and a filter, so nothing gets in your mouth. But it's really sure. effective. Because it's just, mm-hmm. you know, as deeply as you can suck in. So, the, these, this company, the Swedish company, they make all these great things. We bought a pair of nail clippers. They're the best nail clippers. Because, you know, clipping an infant's nails is the scariest thing in the world. It's
1: yeah, like, they're microscopic.
0: Yeah, it's like my son just got circumcised. I don't want to do that to his Uh-oh. fingers as well, you yeah, know? Right? Like, <laughs>
1: uh-huh.
0: And so they made this thing. It's called the Windy.
1: And the windy.
0: Yeah, about to get a little graphic here. You take so so when they're so when they're having gassy tummy issues, like Mm -hmm. they're all backed up and gassy and can't poop, you -hmm. get this thing and you stick it in their bum and like it's past their sphincter. They don't know. And like you literally you hear the thing whistle as gas escapes and then poop comes flying out. It's awesome. I wish you guys could see Tony's face right now. He is just mortified.
1: <laughs> and, uh, and I and I I Googled it. So I'm looking at the W I N D I. The Windy Gas Passer. Yep. Gas and colic relief. Yep. Um yeah, boy. Th- th- that's the the cutest most horrifying thing I've ever seen. Uh, but it works.
0: So we've used I'm it twi- sure. we've used it twice when Josiah has been real like inconsolable, just can't like can't calm down cuz he's all gassy and backed up, uh-huh. knocks out afterwards. It's awesome.
1: I think that 25 years from now, we're going to see a lot of emotional fallout from all of these handy devices. They stuck stuff up my nose. They stuck stuff up my bum. Um, well, it's the whole boy. thing, right?
0: Where Sigmund Freud says every, every male is just revolting against his circumcision. That's all life comes down to.
1: Oh, Wow. Uh, Now I'm just really deep in a Google image search. I'm going to go ahead and close (laughs) right now because it's not getting better. And for some reason, about halfway down, it started giving me pictures. This is no joke of David Bowie. And I don't understand why. Bowie. (laughs) So somehow we went from sucking things out of a kid's nose to sucking things out of a kid's butt to David Bowie.
0: Well, no, no, I'm not going to say that. We're going to move on. (laughs) Ground control to major Tom. Indeed. All right, uh, we've got a list for you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You just made the list. You just made the list. The list. All right, with the list, we just sort of look at some of our favorite things. And I've appreciated Tony being in my life because he is somebody whom I respect, and not just as a pastor and a podcaster. Any father of Jesus, but as a father, because he has raised a wonder. Well, I assume he's wonderful. He's raised He's a, a pretty awesome kid, he's man. He's raised a great kid. Christian is a great, great kid. So I respect that part of Tony being a father, myself, a father again for the second time with Josiah. So we thought we'd go through and list off some of our favorite nerdy father and son combinations. So who do you got, Tony?
1: Okay, so right off the bat, I think this is kind of an obvious one. Impact, leadership, authority, correction when need be. Mufasa and Simba. Simba. Bushmaster. Go ahead. Keep going. Keep going.
0: Bushmaster. No, that's
1: different. (laughs) (laughs) This is CNN. (laughs) All the light touches. Everything the light touches is our kingdom. Yeah. Except for that shadowy area over there. Don't go over there.
0: Don't go over there.
1: Simba? Simba? (laughs) No, that is good. Right to it. But he it is good because and I love I love you know even speaking of that scene, he comes to where Simba was, he rescues him, and they're just that great moment when they're walking back after Simba has just done this, I just can't wait to be king, really full of himself, really mm-hmm. thinking that he's the master of his own domain, and he steps down and his foot is in Mufasa's footprint, and he realizes how small he is, and Mufasa you know really gives him the dressing down, really gives him the the you know you really screwed up today. And then immediately after that, they have a tender moment mm-hmm. where they're, you know, it's like, an, I, I'm always going to look out for you because I'm your dad. You know what rolling I mean? It's like around that, and playing. Yeah. And that's wonderful. To me, that's just one of those ones where the tears begin to well up right away. It's just a great, great scene. Great, great interaction between those two characters. Yeah.
0: I do like Mufasa and Simba. And I would like yeah. to see the new one. Just not in the theater. That's not, that's not yeah. a $16 investment. Nope. That's no, a one's it's streaming someplace investment. Uh, all right, I, 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 well, I'm just going to get it out of the way. Sure. Because we should. Do but it. But Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker.
1: Okay, see, I, re- I wrestled with this one. So why, they're, why? Not,
0: they're not necessarily, like, now, like, you had a very nice, like, I, you know, like, Mufasa and some have a good relationship, and is a good father. Mostly, I'm just thinking, I really like Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker, and you can't have one without the other. But there is great, there, the. I know a lot of people didn't like the prequels. I appreciate them for what they are and they're fine. And so just seeing the arc of Anakin and then really his redemption with Luke and recognizing that the reason that story persists, the reason you still are going in, you're super excited about Star Wars right now, again, for probably the hundredth time in your life is because that story is great because it's that wonderful story of redemption that Anakin Skywalker turns the dark side Luke feels the good in him and he is redeemed and just recognizing even I've thought about this a lot in terms of having a son and what kind of father I want to be and recognizing that I'm probably going to screw up sometimes that I'm not going to be the perfect father I've never I've not been do. I've not been the perfect father to Clara and I think it's just heightened it having a son because when we found out we were having a son I think I felt more pressure Like, it's on me to make sure Josiah is a decent man. Like, if he, Mm -hmm. what if he treats women horribly? Then is that on me partially? Like, and so I just, I felt more responsibility since he's my son instead of just having a daughter.
1: And that's funny because to me, I think that uh, I would assume that having a daughter would be a higher level of pressure for a father. You know, yeah, you want to teach your son how to be a man. You would, yeah, but you know, you got to, your job is to keep her off the pole. That's 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 a dad's job. Thanks, I mean, Chris it, Rock. Uh, you know, but I'm, I'm, for real though, that your job is to to give her that esteem so that she doesn't have to look for it and find it. Yeah, in, and she'll in, find in that one. Someone... Re-
0: yeah, I, yeah. No, I felt way more pressure having a son.
1: Um, really?
0: Yeah, training him up and trying. Yeah, so I felt way more pressure having a son. And so just every looking...
1: day when I see parents of of little girls, I just thank God. Really? Thank you for giving me a son. Oh my goodness, this is so much easier. <laughs> What do uh, well, they say? I, I only have to worry about, you know, one boy. You have to worry about all of them.
0: <laughs> well, come back to me when Claire is 13 and I might have a different answer. And here we go. <laughs> but right now I feel more pressure being, I feel like, I feel like even if I screw up a little bit with Claire, at least Alicia's there to help her figure out how to be a godly woman. I guess. That you. if I screw up with Josiah... Like, Alicia so, will still be... on you. Yeah, it, it's not all on me, but that's that's the pressure that I feel. <laughs> but just recognizing that even if that's the case, and when I do screw up, because I will screw up, hopefully, much like Luke saw the good in his father, Josiah will give me the benefit of the doubt and see the good in me. And,
1: and... So, see, that's why I kind of flipped that, and I, I really wa- wrestled with the idea of putting on my list Anakin and Luke, but I went with um, Han and Ben. Oh, Yeah. Y- because that's a that's a flip of the of the thing you know, whereas mm-hmm. Anakin kind of got rescued by Luke, yeah, you know you were right about me, tell your sister you were right, you mm-hmm. know, but Han went down knowing that there was a really good chance he wasn't walking off that bridge mm-hmm. and and his love brought him down there anyway, yeah, you know, Luke did that for for Anakin, but Han did that for Ben, and I think the the burden lies on the father to go to the child and be that leader, you know so. I don't know. I thought, I thought, I think that's a better example to me of Han, maybe not as present, but you know, Anakin wasn't either, but, <laughs> but Han, Han ultimately, uh, he, w- he went down where his son was and he said, I'm bringing you home.
0: Well, maybe this is just how we view our parenting. You feel like you're going to be the father's always there. And I'm just waiting to screw up.
1: <laughs> Turn to the dark side, rule the galaxy through <laughs> Josiah. We will rule it as father and son. <laughs> Yeah. Come
0: with me to the Christian Nerd Empire. We'll rule all podcasts.
1: That's right. That's funny. I,
0: I also really like the relationship between Ben Sisko and Jake Sisko in Star Trek Deep yeah. Space Nine. I think that, that that's one of the most interesting parts about Deep Space Nine. And there's lots, There's a lot different about Deep Space Nine. They're on a space station. They're interacting with non-Federation and Starfleet personnel. And the Commander Cisco, when he first gets, like, he has a family. He had a wife who died in the attack at Wolf 359. But he has a son, and and we've never seen that. No one in the bridge crew on the Enterprise had any, well, Beverly had a son. I was going
1: to say, uh, shut up, Wesley.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen, I think somebody posted that in your Facebook group, the meme of the Dread Pirate Roberts as Captain Picard. It's like, good job, Wesley. Most likely kill you in the morning. Most likely kill you (laughs) in
1: the morning. Yep.
0: And so, and then, you know, Kirk, I mean, Kirk had a son eventually that he found out about, but just seeing, David, a, uh, you Klingon, you killed my son. Uh, just seeing Ben Sisko interacting with Jake and just what a great father figure. Like I would want Ben Sisko to be my dad because he was such a good, supportive father.
1: But they even set it up from the beginning, and a Star Trek. It seemed it seems initially that the writers of Star Trek just didn't like children because yeah. Wesley was annoying when he first started out. He was. And it was almost like he was the scrappy do of the Enterprise, <laughs> and then you, you. But and the same thing happened in the first couple episodes of Deep Space Nine. Boy, that Cisco kid, just somebody just shoot him out the airlock, man. He was a pain in the butt. However, I thought that that did a really really good job of humanizing mm-hmm. his dad as I'm trying to balance the strains of my work and of also being a father. Yeah. Like, it it really made it very real. And it felt like... And Deep Space Nine was really good at this, even with um, uh, O'Brien and, and Keiko. I mean, they really said, this is families have to deal with each other, mm-hmm. even in space, and it's not always perfect. Yeah.
0: And I really appreciated, again, being a father and trying to, like, navigate having kids, that, you know, I'm sure... Captain Cisco's deepest desire was for it would be for his son to follow in his footsteps and go to Starfleet, but that's mm. nothing that Jake did. Like Jake went off and was a writer, and mm-hmm. that was the life that. It, but but Ben Cisco never you know forced Jake to go to Starfleet. Like he never pushed him towards that. Nog ends up going to Starfleet, which is crazy, like his surrogate son. But yeah. I just really li- I appreciate that about Ben Cisco that he allowed Jake to make his own choices and didn't force him to follow in his footsteps. Which, you know, and then there's that great episode. I don't know if you have you watched all of Deep Space Nine.
1: I didn't watch all of it because I only watched it the first time through. So if I missed an episode, oh, okay. I, I just missed it. Well, there's a
0: great episode called "The Visitor" where it's Jake Cisco as an old man trying to go back in time to prevent this accident. That and I do just a, that. just yeah. a great, great, great episode. Just I think it's Tony Tony Todd playing the the older Jake Cisco, and mm-hmm. just a just a wonderful, wonderful episode. So yeah. if you haven't watched East Space Nine. Watch The Next Generation first, then watch Deep Space Nine.
1: Deep Space Nine, is, is, it's solid. It takes a little while to pick up. But once they canceled Next Generation and they put all their eggs in the Deep Space Nine basket, mm-hmm. um, it becomes a great show. We've talked about this yeah. time and time again.
0: Time and time. Who else you got on your list, Tony?
1: Okay, uh, jumping over to the, and I know you said kind of a father-son sort of thing, but I, I took it father-daughter as well. Um, Scott Lang and Cassie. Oh, yeah he is i mean everything he does he's doing for cassie even when he has to do bad things uh he does it but there's the storyline that continues from ant-man through ant-man 2 and even into endgame um boy that that's just you can tell this is a guy who really genuinely sincerely loves his daughter that opening scene from ant-man 2 when they've got the whole heist uh-huh. scoped out you know built into the house that's wonderful what a great dad he seems like such a good guy
0: yeah, that was one of my favorite parts about Ant-Man is that it gave us an actual hero with family connections. And we, we yeah, talked it, about this when we when we talked about those movies, but cuz it's it all been suit had been Captain Rogers and Thor and Iron like all these people that are just the larger than life heroes and then here comes Scott Lang who who has a kid
1: and he has a right. family
0: and he's making and choices have, based yeah. upon that.
1: Thor and Iron Man both have daddy issues, so there's that. <laughs> and Hawkeye, yeah, we discover Hawkeye has a family. But do we really ever care about Hawkeye's family until they get snapped?
0: Yeah, no, we didn't.
1: No, we not really. I mean, not really. Because yeah. they were just kind of in the background.
0: Yeah, I know. And but... the one the one time that I teared up in Endgame was when Scott saw Cassie for the first time after the That blip. was it. That was and the one need... thing.
1: You don't even know, because, like, what, did she make it? Did she not make it? Uh-huh. We, we didn't know at that time, but I just remember at the end of Ant-Man 2, when everybody else was kind of dusting off, I'm like, you better not touch Cassie. You better not <laughs> touch Cassie. <laughs> so,
0: Leave Cassie alone.
1: That's right. She she's, deserves to live.
0: He's so nice.
1: Uh, and, uh, and, you know, you could, you could take that even further than to um Tony Stark and his daughter, but... Uh, again, that was more window dressing than actual relationships. So yeah. in the MCU, Scott Lang gets the gets the Dad of the Year award.
0: Yeah. And I don't have that many, but I'll, I'll finish off with this thought. And I know you've got a couple more. We'll just go through them pretty fast. But I, I in the the Dark Knight trilogy, I really like Bruce Wayne's relationship with Alfred. I think that that was a really good – I, I like that representation with Michael Caine and mm-hmm. why am I blanking on dude's name.
1: Bruce Wayne? Yeah. Well, who played it? Christian him? Bale. Christian Bale. Christian that's Bale. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: And just, I think that, you know, because we'd seen, like, the old Alfred from the original Batman movies. Like, he was just sure. a butler. Like, the most sure. interaction he had was with Vicki Vale and not <laughs> with Bruce Wayne. But seeing mm-hmm. Michael Caine, you know, talking with Bruce Wayne, I, I just really like that and just how, you know, he's, you know, why do we fall to get back up? And just how he really loved Bruce Wayne like a son.
1: And I think that came from his love for Thomas yeah. as as a son, because he continued, he, he loved the son as a, an expression, I think of the love of the father, because why do we fall down came from yeah. Thomas Wayne, mm-hmm. which that was the best, I think snapshot that we'd ever seen of Bruce's relationship with his parents uh-huh. in any Batman movie as well. And you know, how do you, you love Thomas Wayne. their their interaction when they're on the train going into Gotham and he's like, Hey, we're trying to help people. Yeah. They've come on hard times. That's why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you really do see the foundation of who this character is as far as people deserve to be helped. People deserve a chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to give them a chance. And I think that was, that was great. But Alfred really did carry it through. And some of the best moments that are the moments where you could feel Alfred's the tension and the pain when he has the note that Maggie Gillenhall Gyllenhaal wanted to give to him. That, yeah. uh, uh, about she's going to leave him yeah. for for Harvey, and then he just takes that and pockets it. Yeah, that he was a great like her, protective parent movie. Uh-huh. A yeah, move right there, you know. Like I know something, but I have to protect you from this thing, and that, that's. He took a lot of burden on himself mm-hmm. to protect Bruce, and I think that was wonderful. And I think that's why it was so painful when in, in Rises he said, I have to leave you because you're going to make me watch you do a thing that I promised I wouldn't let happen. Yeah.
0: And then yeah. that's that's what happened. Is Jeremy Irons is too much of a militant Alfred. He wasn't oh, nurturing yeah. enough, and so then Ben Affleck just started killing people.
1: Yeah, that's what happens. If you If you're not hugged enough, you're going to go ahead and just start killing people, branding them with your red-hot batterings. Um, I had a couple others that, I, that were just sort of like honorable mentions. Um, Joel and Ellie from the video game The Last of Us, if you've never played it. Um, never again, played very it. Com- complex relationship. If you, if you saw um, Logan, yeah, uh, if you kind of saw Wolverine and, and 23, that's sort of the okay. same vibe you're going to get there. Um, Goku and Gohan, are you a Dragon Ball Z guy?
0: We, that was one of the last things we did on our podcast when Ron was around. I watched like eight episodes of Dragon Ball Z and then talked about it with John and Ron, and uh-huh. it was ridiculous. It was terrible.
1: Yeah. It's uh, the concept of Dragon Ball Z is great. The execution is really the pacing's bad. So yeah, <laughs> it's so really no, bad. like
0: we we talked about this. Like in the episode, they're like, "It's going to take him six hours to get here," and I'm like, "Oh, okay." But then they literally just took six hours. Like, it they, right. It was real time.
1: It was real time. And every fight, it was like, Kameha, next time on Dragon Ball yeah. Z. And it's like, and that's, that was it. So, But I like Goku and Gohan because they have this relationship. And, and I never watched prior to Dragon Ball Z, but I guess even Goku started out as a kid. But uh, Gohan starts out as a kid, has this maturing process, grows up, kind of becomes his own character. He doesn't have the same... Um, I don't want to say violent tendencies, but he doesn't really want to fight, but he still has his dad's back. His dad has his back. Uh, I'm not as intimately versed with Dragon Ball, but I do like the way that the characters have an arc and they kind of grow together as father and son. I appreciate that, that it's not just some static, um, hey, he's the dad, hey, he's the kid. You know, Hank and Bobby Hill, Homer and Bart Simpson, yeah. sort of just they have one dynamic and that's all there is. Uh, so I like that. And and finally, my my one that I kind of wanted to cap it off and I didn't know if it would technically count but um Bilbo Baggins and Frodo Baggins
0: Bilbo Baggins
1: I just I love that relationship and how you can tell how much the influence one has on the other and yeah. kind of setting him off on his own journey, um, equipping him. Because cause in Bilbo and Frodo, I see the legacy that only a father can leave. The legacy of, uh, I've done all these things and now I'm handing it to you. Um, I'm going to just go off and be with the elves, but this is your time to have a quest. Because ultimately, as a parent, I think that is really our investment is to equip our kids to take what we are passionate about to take what we value and to take it further and express it in their own way. Doing a podcast. Yeah. You know, or going into ministry. Good Lord. Oh, if man. my son, my son told me he wanted to go into ministry, I would just I'd tell him to rethink about that. <laughs> Ask God. Ask God to show him some ID. Yeah. I do think
0: about that. Like just raising pastors, kids and man, I don't know. That's got to roll with that
1: but it's doable. I'll tell you what, man. People from the when my the time my kid was little and people would say about Christian, "Oh, you know those PKs, man, them preacher kids, they're the worst kids in the church." And uh, you know, "Oh, you think it's tough now? Wait till he's a teenager. He's going to have you." And I said, you know, even from the beginning I said, "No. I don't think that's I'm I'm not even going to let you talk that. I'm not even going to let you speak that into existence, man, cuz like, you know, I'm going to have a good kid. I'm not going to have one that it's a predetermined fact that he's going to be a jerk one day, that he's going to be the worst kid, that he's going to be the a a nightmare or rebellious or and you know what he hasn't been he's not rebellious he's a good boy he's not you know not the hardest worker in the world but <laughs> he's a millennial <laughs> but, but but he's yeah but he's honest and he's good he's got a good heart and and I'd, i've never let somebody create a foregone conclusion that my son was going to have extra difficulties because of who i am I, i'm i'm hopeful that who i am has helped him to be the best version of who he is but that's I think the highest ambition that any parent can have for their kid
0: I never get why people give parenting advice in the form of a threat like oh you yeah, just right. wait' like it's it's the worst advice it's like all the time you know people are asking Alicia how are you doing she's like oh I'm tired it's like oh just wait you're gonna be way more tired it's like why is that good advice why are right. you threatening my wife's sleep that's not <laughs> helpful
1: no it's not no, nope. you should say, you're going to get through it. Hey, it doesn't last yeah, forever. Or it how can I help?
0: Yeah, not, not a threat.
1: Yeah. Punch people in their face. That's why just, I always, just, when,
0: whenever there's a, a, a couple that's like the, with their first pregnancy, I always ask them, what is the stupidest advice you've gotten? Because people <laughs> cannot
1: help themselves but give the worst advice yeah definitely and and i don't know why it's always complaining is it like a misery loves company thing listen you had a kid it's not the kid's fault you're the one who had you know a little you, you know you you put on that ed sheeran or you had too much wine with dinner or whatever i don't know what it is that got you in the situation that you're in but it's not the kid's fault you're you know you earned this they didn't ask to be here it's all ed sheeran's fault it's all ed sheeran's fault anyway anyway you know it's,
0: All right, so hit us up. Let us know who some of your favorite nerdy fathers and sons are, and we would love to hear that. And now we're going to have a little preview. We won't have the conversation yet. We'll have a preview of our next classic comic conversation.
1: Classic Comic Conversation. So
0: in classic comic conversation, Tony and I pick some older comics that we want to read and then talk about, and then we invite you to read them and talk about them with us. And mm-hmm. we did this before with the Dark Phoenix saga before Dark Phoenix came out, which I didn't yeah. see.
1: And I, I didn't don't... see it either.
0: <laughs> I feel so bad. I don't. I, didn't I heard see it was just
1: trash. Gosh, man! You, I can't, don't I you can't, just want? I
0: I just can't wait till Kevin Feige gets his hand on the X Men.
1: Please, just fix it. Just fix it for us. He they will. used to be so good.
0: They're still great. They're still my favorite. But but
1: I mean, the movies the used movies, to be yeah. so good.
0: Yeah, they they one, two, first class, Days of Future Past. They are yep. good. Anyway, so Tony had brought it up that he would like to read some of the not the classic classic Star Wars comics from the seventies, eighties, but the more recent run that started in twenty fifteen, and they're they're getting close to like episode or issue like a hundred. Like I was checking, yeah, like they've been around. They've been banging it out since twenty fifteen. So we are going to be reading, and this is my we're, we'll decide right here on the air. Do you wanna go Star Wars number one through number seven, which is kind of the first little chunk, or Star Wars number one through Star Wars number twelve, which kinda of, I think involves two
1: storylines? We can do both. I I think the story actually ends in six and then issue seven is kind of a flashback and Obi Wan Kenobi story. Okay.
0: Uh, let's go but, through twelve. Yeah, the,
1: let's go through twelve then. Let's just twelve it. comics.
0: So yep. if and, you have
1: uh, oh you, you gotta you gotta you gotta know the context of these things. These are now they're canonical. Yeah. So disney slash Marvel has said these are these actually happen these are canon which these are canon and and they're they're interesting because to me and i don 't want to go too much into the the stories, but as I remember, they really bridge the gap in between a new hope and empire in a in a better way than the prequels did because they they bring elements in that justify some of the prequels and tie it nicely into the original trilogy. And, uh, and boy, if you have access to read these books with us, you really owe it to yourself to do it as a Star Wars fan because they're they're well done. They're well done. So yeah. jump on this with us.
0: So if you have access to Marvel Unlimited, they are available there.
1: Or and if you, you don't, email Scott at the Christian Nerd. He'll just give you his password.
0: I will not give you my password. But they're available <laughs> also in trade paperback, which might be the easiest and most convenient way to get your hands on that.
1: Yeah, that's where I picked them up. It's, it, they're not that expensive, but boy, they're they're worth reading. They're they're worth reading. I wouldn't give them my my signal my signet ring of uh, of recommendation uh, unless they were worth picking up. But boy, they're they're good. It's like the Star Wars movie that you you'd never seen. It's it's a great great step back into a galaxy far far away.
0: I think I've got the actual issues for up through number eleven. I think then I stopped buying them, but I'll pull those out of my box, my long box, and read them and we will talk about it the next time we get together which will hopefully be in two weeks a little more regular interaction all right now let's have some bible study
1: bible study
0: in Bible study, since Tony and I are both legitimate, official, ordained pastors. True story. And we both have nerdy Christian podcasts, and we like to talk about Jesus on our podcast. That's what Bible study is all about. And so we pulled a verse from 1 John chapter 3, which says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it d- did not know him.
1: Pause real quick, what, what version are you reading from?
0: I'm reading the New International Version.
1: And I just I just wanted to emphasize something that, that really read along with us as Scott is talking right now, because one of my favorite things is that those first two sentences end with exclamation points. Boom. And I don't know why. I just love that. I'm I'm sorry. Like I I, I I hate that I interrupted the word of God, but those are exclamatory statements that John is making here. Like he's not just saying, Oh, by the way, you guys. He's like, <laughs> that's what we are. <laughs> There'd
0: be, there'd be the excited emoji next to it if you were indeed. Okay, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Sorry. No, sorry. No, sorry. Sorry. No.
1: Erase. Erase. Erase.
0: Let's go back to the beginning. So, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God.
1: Exclamation and point. That
0: is what we are. <laughs> the Exclamation reason point. The world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like Him. For we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. I love this.
1: I love this.
0: So what gets you going about this, Tony?
1: It's so funny. And I don't know how. uh, how, Can I ask you? Because you chose this passage of scripture. Yeah. And you also chose the list that we were talking about today. Did you choose them in any kind of correlation with each other? Yes. Yes. Okay, good, good. <laughs> so I'm like, man, I don't know if I'm reading too much into this, but no, boy, they we sure do Fatherhood
0: and children, and so yeah.
1: I I love this because okay, so your son, how old is is Josiah now?
0: He'll be well, yeah, he'll be three weeks old when people are listening to this.
1: So th- this is okay. So this is something that I'll say. He's he'll, he's three weeks old. So you met your son for the first time three weeks ago. Yes. How long have you known your son? Like, how long have you been aware of him? How long have you loved him?
0: Since. The moment I walked in the door on a Monday night after coming home from work when Alicia thought she she had taken a pregnancy test and she thought she wasn't pregnant, and then she took another one, and Clara had drawn a picture for me that said, I'm going to be a big sister. And from that moment, I have loved this little boy.
1: So before he even knew that you loved him, before he even knew who you were, you loved him. Now, I'll take it back even further. Because a year ago, more than a year ago, we were having a conversation about you potentially coming to visit Florida in September for some kind of a conference. That's right. And you said, but I probably won't be able to because we're going to have a kid around that time probably. And like this was maybe a year and a half ago, Scott. Yeah. So there was, before you you met and saw your child face-to-face, you loved him. Mm -hmm. Before he was even conceived of. You made a decision. I was planning to, my
0: life around him. Uh,
1: uh, you, do you see what I'm saying? Like yeah. th- when, when it says how great a love the father has lavished on us, like we need to understand that like it, this story did not begin when we entered into it. Mm-hmm. From the foundations of the earth, God knew us, knew us by name. He had already chosen to lay down his life for us. And we weren't even part of the story yet. Like w- that deserves an exclamation point to me. I always
0: use three exclamation points when writing because I really want never people two. to.
1: Never two, one or three. Never no, two. I,
0: I'm like, if I'm going to use one, I might as well use three because that's how excited I am.
1: That's that's it. That's it. There's only one way to go. So so when he says, you know, in verse two, dear friends, now we're children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. So to me, and I don't want to get too, you know, ethereal on this or whatever, but your your son is going to have traits. Because he comes from you, uh, so and he does. He's got. He, he looks. He looks Asian, right? And yeah, that's right definitely now. more definitely more you than Alicia, right? So, right so there, Clara looked there's that pa- way too
0: when she was born. Now she looks like she's been, you know, sun kissed by the California sun.
1: Well, either whatever it takes. She's a good looking kid, but the part of you is in him before he ever knows you. Mm-hmm. And and I think the same thing about my son. When my son was born, I mean, before he was ever born, I, I I would put my hands on his mother's belly and I would pray for him and I would talk to him and I would sing to him and I would speak scriptures to him. And, and when he came out meeting him face to face, there was this wonderful moment. And you have these conversations that everybody has when they have a kid of like, oh, who does he look like or whatever? And I, I'm always so proud when people say that my son looks like me because... I, I just love him so much and it makes me feel like closer and like more of a part of him. But now that he's kind of coming at his own personality and his character and, and his, his manhood. Uh, the other day we, we did small groups at the church and Stephen from the, the Nerd of God cast was in the small group where my son was. And he told me afterwards privately, he said, yeah, your son said something in the small group that was a direct quote from you. It was directly lifted from something that you've said to me many, many times and to me, it was great because even from the get-go, my son had part of me in him. My son was kind of molded after me and and represented me. He was my child. But it came from that relationship that, that we've shared. It came from the time that we've spent together. It came from him kind of growing into it, and he still hasn't even mastered it, to really become like me in a way that I can be proud of. Not that his face maybe looks like mine, mm-hmm. but that his heart and his character... Would be shaped after me. To me, that's the the most humbling and and gratifying part of being a dad. So when he's saying we're now we're children of God, and, and what we will be has not yet been made known. Because one day Josiah is going to be like you, in ways that you can't even quantify right now. When your daughter is playing with Captain Marvel and and Star Wars and stuff like that, she's getting this from your heart. So yeah, she's from you, but she's still becoming more like you, you know, and, we, we, and he's talking about when Christ appears, we'll be like him, for we're going to see him, so I, I, what really gets me excited is, yeah, I know I have, like, the nature of Christ, right, like, I know that uh, I'm I'm God's kid, and God loves me, but man, I'm getting to be more like Jesus, and one day I'm going to be just like Jesus, I can't handle it, Scott, I can't handle it.
0: Yeah, and the great part is that, you know, you're talking about, you know, Christian becoming like you, or my kids becoming like me, and... Like there's great things about that, but they're also like they got to take the good with the bad. <laughs> that you know, like all the so. Hopefully, if there's any good part of me, hopefully Clara and Josiah express and display those things. That'll be great. But I also know the bad things about me. They're unfortunately going to display and express those as well. I'm That's I'm funny. too well versed in family of origin to uh, be confused about the fact that they're going to take away some of the bad things that I do as well. That's just going to happen. That's that's
1: how life is. Hopefully Alicia will balance some of those idiosyncrasies. Our our, our senior
0: pastor always says, it's like, I know I'm a successful parent when my kids can pay for their own therapy. And so, (laughs) and so I know that there's going to be good and bad that at some point they're going to respond in a way. And I think, how dare you do that? Like, Oh, that's right. That's me. The way the reason you're responding like that is because you saw me act like that.
1: From you, all right. I learned it exactly, by watching you. Exactly.
0: Where'd you get this? Nobody knows. Nobody knows that reference. You and I know it, but
1: nobody else they knows. They do. They do. There's a couple people if that If you're grew over in the, the age
0: of 35, maybe you get that reference.
1: And but you but we still love them through that. We oh, still yeah. exhibit grace to them through that. And, and because it's the grace that we get from our fathers. Totally, it's, but
0: but that's what I was gonna say. Like, but we like there's nothing bad we get from God. That as I become more and more like God because he's my father and I'm his child, and I don't know what that's going to look like exactly yet, but I will know when Jesus is revealed – like, there's nothing bad. Like, if, if I continue to pursue after God as my Heavenly Father and try to model my life after Him and live like Him, like, that's not going to produce anything bad at all. That will produce in me the best life possible. That will produce in me the best version of myself, the transforming version of myself that I can take into my marriage, that I can take into being a father, that I can take into ministry. So when I bring that version of myself to my kids... There will be less bad things, hopefully, for them to pick up on and more of the <laughs> transform things. So, so that's what I was getting at, that if, I, if, if Claire and Josiah wholeheartedly pursue after me and live life like I do, it'll probably be 60, 40, 70, 30, Maybe. By God's grace. But if I wholeheartedly pursue after God and live the life that he wants me to do, that what I will become, I don't know what it's going to be yet, but I'll catch glimpses of it in this life right now, and it'll be the best life I can live. It'll be a life of love and grace and peace and mercy that makes an impact for his kingdom everywhere I go, especially in my home with my kids.
1: Yeah, 100%. But it, but it's a process. It doesn't just happen. You oh, know, yeah. you don't just say a prayer one day at the altar and then, you know, glory to glory you just grow into the image of Christ because it, even in verse 3 here of 1 John 3, it says all who have this hope, this hope that we're going to be like him, this hope that we're going to see him and be like him. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. And those two words come from the same root in the Greek, but the the, the word purify and pure um when it says that he is pure, that's, uh, and I'll mispronounce it because I don't speak Greece, but it's like hagnos. And that word, it's an existence. It's a, it's a state of being, which is uh, chaste and pure and free from all defect. But the word um, purifies is hagniso, uh, which talks about to go through the ceremonial acts to make mm. something pure, to cleanse something, to do a thing, to make it go from impure to pure. And that's our responsibility. We have to walk closer to Jesus. We have to stay away from the corruption of the world. We have to uh, continually die and and raise, rise again in Christ every day, you know, crucifying the flesh, mm-hmm. so that we can purify ourselves, so that the corrupt version of us can be more like the perfect version of Him. And 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 you you see it. I have conversations with my son as a teenager, and I remember I wasn't, uh, I I didn't lose my memory from the time I was a teenager, and I see him interacting with let's just say girls or school situations or other things where he thinks that he's the first person to experience these situations. He's the, he thinks that he's the first one to try to be clever and, you know, spin a thing a certain way. He thinks he's the first one to feel a, a certain way about things, and he's not. And I see these things that are going through him, and and I try to encourage him and help him and say, you're not who you're going to be yet, but we have to walk through these things. There's a process that you have to do to get from where you are to where you're going to be. And you scale that camera back, and here we all are too, just trying to get from what we have been to the to the version of us that we don't know yet. But he knows, and he's known from the beginning, and that's why he's done what he's done to to get us there.
0: Well, yeah, it's like Philippians says that he who began a good work in you will you know he's carry on to, to completion. It. And yeah, and so just I'll I'll answer this, and I'll ask it of you as well. But just kind of like, what is it? So for me, like you, I love that you talk about like it's a process, and then I think that so often, I, I wish faith were a microwave, that it <laughs> weren't a process, that it was just add water and I'll and, and I'll I'll be what I'm going to be, and, and yeah. that's the thing. Like, I won't even get to be what I'm going to be until I'm either di- dead or Jesus returns. Like, right? Like there's like I won't get to see it fully, until then. But just you know, so for one of the things that has been really like, challenging me and pushing me, like, you know, if if you've listened to my show at all, you know, this summer for us has been absolutely nuts. We moved, then the house we moved into was full of mold and a leaky stove, so we had to move out, and then we had a kid, and now we're back home, and, like, all that stuff. And, And so one of the things that really helps me go through that process, engage, like, be more like Christ, is rhythm and routine. And so if mm-hmm. I can wake up and, and have a quiet time, if I can wake up and go for a run, if I, if I can do those things, if I can accomplish those things before 830 in the morning, then I'm so good. Like, that day is a good day for me. And and I know it's so trite. It's like, oh, wake up and have my quiet time. I, I know that's what Christians say we should do, but it totally works for me. And not just the quiet time, but the rhythm of it. Like waking mm-hmm. up early, having a cup of coffee. I know you don't like coffee. Having a cup of Gatorade, warm Gatorade. I know that's what you drink in the mornings in Florida. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, it's only, the,
1: only if we're out of room temperature Mountain Dew. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's like the on Thirty Rock where they go to visit Jack's uh, nurse, and she's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to offer you something. Would you like warm blue Gatorade or warm orange Gatorade?" Yeah, because they're in Florida anyway. So, like, uh, if I can have that rhythm in my life,
1: they, they did the same thing on The Office did with they? Aaron. Oh, yeah. that's right,
0: they did. 30 Rock probably. we don't really first. drink that much Gatorade here. I know, Disclaimer. I know. Anyway, so just that amount of rhythm and like that like that's the thing like that's the process i need to go through i recognize and, and that in my life and and it produces the results
1: and there may be people. I'll be honest with you that that might look at you and say, "Well, that works for you. Yeah, but that totally. doesn't work for me." Yeah, but absolutely. you know what? But I would challenge those people who say that works for you and doesn't work for me to really look at the the patterns and the success of what they're doing. Because if you don't set that discipline, because that's what it is, yeah. aside, you might hit it, but you're not going to hit it as often or as effectively uh, when it comes to time with Jesus and time in the Word as you would if you get into that routine. Jesus did it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, I'm not as good at it as you are. I mean, that's something that I want to improve on. That's something that I want to be better at because I get to it when I get to it. Uh, but uh, if you get up and you make the process and you 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 walk that thing out, I mean, it's the difference between, you talk about coffee, uh, a nice, fresh-brewed pot of coffee or, you know, your Folgers, you know, mix it in the hot water and see what mm. you get. And that's not the best part of waking up, despite no. what we've been told.
0: That's a good jingle, though. And so, yeah, so so the way I look at it, like, so that's the thing that I think that as I've looked at, like, spiritual disciplines and everything, and, and I think that, like, that that quote-unquote quiet time, that devotional life, like, that prayer and reading the Bible, like, those things that are foundational, I think, like, that's the base, and then we build upon that. It just happens to be that my base is the thing that I also build upon. Like, that's just really what I need. And so sure. I know for Alicia, the base is time and God's word and prayer, but then for her, it's also adding in time and nature, being outside. Like for someone else who might be writing music or singing songs or whatever and So so what it like, what's it been for you lately, Tony? Like out like outside of the bait. Like what are the what's what's the thing that's helping you engage in that process of that's being more like Jesus?
1: I think the time the, the the thing for me, and it's it's this is definitely the the season I'm going through. I hate that word, but the season I'm going through my life right now is Try, is seeing it in others and pouring mm-hmm. into others and equipping other people. I know that seems more like work than anything else, but as I've been trying to kind of raise people up around me to uh, as I move into my next position of leadership, it causes me to be more disciplined in the way that I prepare uh, foundationally. Because uh, me, I can run off of my talent, my abilities, my just experience, and kind of run things on autopilot. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, I can, I can speak the word really quickly or I can, uh, navigate kind of light on my feet because I know how to do the things. But when you're trying to disciple other people, or you're trying to bring people to that level of, I've got to build some teams and I've got to pour into people. It really makes you stop and reassess and, and re pour the foundation of, okay, how am I equipping them to do this thing when they can't do it on the fly. They can't shoot from the hip maybe Mm -hmm. the way that you can. It's caused me to kind of go back to formula Mm. and say, okay, God, what is your heart on this? What is your thought process on this? What is your ABC of this? Um, What is your will on this? Uh, It's just caused a lot of things that to me have just sort of been, like I said, autopilot to really re-examine them and Mm. look at them from, you know, God, what are you doing? What do you want from this? Why are we doing this? Uh, I I know that that might not answer your question exactly, but lately... That seems to be where I'm encountering a lot of that period of growth and preparation. Yeah,
0: no that that's the thing. I don't like unless you're like, well, yeah, I'm really going through the process by uh, smoking a lot of crack and and you know going to the strip club. Well, say, that well, too. That, I mean, obviously. That, uh, yeah, obviously. I'm like that doesn't work. But that's the thing that I think, as again, I've looked at you know spiritual disciplines and practicing God's presence is that it's not it's not a we. I guess you know, growing up in church, I just thought it was this really narrow thing of like, I've got to have my devotion, I got to pray, I got to read my Bible, I got to pray. Like that's how I interact with God. Like it's not that narrow. Like it, it's much wider than that. I mean, sure. it's, it's not all things to everyone. It's not pantheism, but it is, you know, like it's a lot broader. <laughs> like there's a lot of ways we can encounter God and go through that process of becoming more and more like Christ. The pro- like we we just don't do it usually. Like it's right. not it's not scrolling through Instagram. It's not playing video games. It's it's not all the things that we do. Just on autopilot in life, we we have to choose right. to engage in them, be intentional about them,
1: and but, those things are diversions and amusements. Yeah. But I mean, if you break down amusement, it means a to not muse to think. I mean, it means we're not thinking about those things. We can scroll through Instagram and not think completely check out. Yeah, when totally. God wants to get something out of us. Yeah, and you know, you know, and for me, I look at like John, the the last part of John. I think it's like John 17, basically from John 14 onward. Uh, Jesus is just talking. It's pretty much just yeah. chapter after chapter of just red letters because he goes, hey, this is my last lap, you guys. This is my last chance to really talk with you and pour these foundational elements in you. you so if, as I've left the youth ministry and I've tried to pour into those people that are gonna be carrying it behind me as I'm trying to step into the next thing, for me, that's been my time with God is, okay, how can I yeah. pour out the very, very best I have? That's And again, Jesus did it. And um, I, I don't get out into nature. But I also don't find it when I'm just doing it in my background. My best prayer time, for some people it may be, but my best prayer and worship time is not when I'm um on my morning drive. Or, you know, it's not when I'm doing something else. I can't run that as a minimized application. Mm-hmm.
0: No, I can't do it when I'm driving because I'm too busy listening to Godcasts available in your favorite podcast player every other Tuesday. Get it while it's hot.
1: That's right, baby.
0: Baby uh anything in particular that you think somebody might be encouraged uh from this passage tony
1: yeah i think that when you're eight years old all you know is the world is an eight-year-old uh and but then when you when you're 18 you look back at that and you go wow i didn't know anything like look how smart i am now look how grown i am now look at what i can do now and then when you're 28 you look back and you say oh my goodness i was such a moron i was such a kid i had no idea and then when you're 38 you go oh my gosh 28 year olds are morons you know like there's this process of continually growing gap's gotten back. smaller
0: though like i don't think i'm as dumb as like when i was 28 i thought i was really stupid at 18 but now i'm like ah okay i had i had some stuff figured out at 28 i wasn't that dumb i mean i was still dumb but not that
1: dumb but not that dumb. Sure, yeah. okay, so the the steps get smaller yeah. maybe as as we get taller. The stupidity but, gets less deep. But you do continue to grow and and I think the thing that I want to that I would want to encourage people is wherever you are, just know that what you will be has not yet been made known. I mean, you're con- God has something for you that you have just not seen and not thought of yet and it's way Better than whatever your best version of you, whatever your uh, you know portrait of Dorian Gray or whatever is that you have in your mind of like this is the idealized version of me. Um, it, God's plan for you is way better than that. And if it's if yours is based on on the amount of Instagram likes you get or the amount of money you have in the bank or the title that you have in your occupation or you know how hot your wife is or you know whatever Smoking. the the, the th- the, the things that you think are the currency of this world, man, the, the ultimate goal is that when Christ appears, we'll be like him because we're going to see him as he is. And that's where we have our hope. You are not yet who you're going to be. Yeah, uh, you're, you're, you're on your way to somewhere spectacular and it's all because of what he's done. And, and you can re- have your smoking wife and you can have your big bank account and you can have your Instagram followers, but that's not the goal.
0: And the reason that, God puts us through that process and will be faithful to continue the work that he's begun is because he loves us so, so much. That we should be called point. the children of God. And that Exclamation is what point. We are. So <laughs> That's I know right. a lot of times as people listen to this, you might be in the place of like, dang it, Tony, you're right. I'm like, I'm just going to go like God's not done. And you might be listening to this and you might be like, you know what? You just need to know God loves you. God loves you. Yeah right where you're at just as you are the great god has lavished great great love on you and you are his child and that might be all you need to hear this morning this evening this afternoon whenever you're listening that god loves you that you are his beloved child
1: and one day in the future flying cars floating cities people living on the moon when you're listening to the archive of this <laughs> podcast on the Holocron or whatever method of technology exists in the future, uh, I send a message on behalf of your father to Josiah Higa and to Clara Higa <laughs> and to Scott and Alicia's third child, Tony Higa. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I just say to you that what your dad just said about God's love for people is Uh, a a very accurate reflection of your dad's love for you. So you keep going because the highest ambitions, the very best hopes that anybody on this planet has, anybody of the 33 billion people on this planet lies in the heart of your mom and your dad. And, And that's a reflection of the love of God in them. Do you see how I counted for like population growth? You did. Growth?
0: I, I liked it. I appreciate that. And
1: yeah. by the way, the polar ice caps were awesome. They were so great. You, you'd have loved them. But you know what else is great? Waterworld. We all love it. <laughs> say
0: hey to Kevin Costner for us. And uh, I was going to say Dennis Hopper, but he's dead. Mm. So will Kevin Costner probably be in this scenario. So God loves you, and he's going to grow you. And that's great. That's, that's what's up. All right. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Christian Nerd to Godcast. Thank and you, guys. I really
1: appreciate it. I do for Always. sure. Always. Probably, probably more than he does. I'm, I'm more just emotionally to, I'm needy. just happy to
0: be. I'm just happy to be podcasting because it's been so long.
1: It has been a long time. The world has longed for the soothing yeah, sound of your I'm voice, sure. Mister Higa.
0: No, you're soothing. I'm just a sound. Where can people find have... you on the internet, Tony?
1: <laughs> people, uh, well, uh, usually on eBay dot com uh, <laughs> selling. Selling various trinkets and whatnot. Uh, no, but on the social medias, you can find me at the T O N Y T on Instagram. It's me, Tony T on Twitter. Uh, you can check out the podcast at nerdofgodcast.com dot com or at NerdOfGodcast across all of the different social media platforms. How about you, Scotty?
0: Yeah, they can find me on Twitter at Scott Heeger at Christian underscore Nerd. You can find my website at the dot com, and there's lots of stuff there. Lots of stuff, check out. You guys. And we are both listener-supported podcasts, so you can check us out on Patreon, either patreon.com slash nerdofgodcast or patreon.com slash thechristiannerd.
1: That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com.
0: All right. I think that's it for this episode, Tony.
1: Well, you know what? I think that we can tie a bow on this, sign our name to it, walk away feeling pretty good.
0: That's how I feel about most of my life. Pretty good.
1: man it's pretty good uh, you know we we gave it an okay effort hey we're pretty good we're, we're the okayest christian nerd podcast there are you guys Heck
0: yeah we are there's other ones out there gunning for our title of okayest and they're not gonna get it <laughs> we are the most it's... og okayest christian nerd podcast out there so
1: many letters but you know what we earned each and every one of them we did
0: all right goodbye tony goodbye scott goodbye internet